Broadcasting live from the Vegas Video Network studios, just steps from the Las Vegas Strip, it's Talk Tales! And now our host, she's our very own kaleidoscope of talent! What? It's Kelly Clinton! Talk Tales on the Vegas Video Network. I am your host. My name is Kelly Clinton hyphen Holmes. Welcome to the show. This is one of our most, oh yeah, go ahead and give it up, give it up. We have a huge, a gigantic live audience in the studio. There's gotta be a thousand people here, am I right? <laughs> thousand people here. I'm so excited because our guest today is uh, the most acclaimed impressionist in the world, in my opinion. He is the standard on which all other impressionists are judged. He is a legend. We have Rich Little. Oh, my goodness. Oh, um, oh, 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 oh. I told myself not to do that. Don't break into bad impressions when Rich Little is on the show. Anyway, before we meet Rich, we're going to take a break, but I want you to meet a couple of other people uh, that are a part of our family here on Talk Tales. This is our Talk Tales Orchestra, Mr. Kenny Davidson. Yes! He sounds like five, five people. He sounds like five people. I also want to say hello to our producer and our director, Mr. Scott Whitney. Hello, Scott Whitney. Hello, Kelly. I, Hi. I, first of all, I must say I find Kenny more attractive every show. <laughs> okay, that was that's very weird. And is ha, Kenny? How do you feel about that? I, uh, nice talking to you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Scott. Yeah. Tell us about your week. <laughs> Quickly, my wife yes. is not happy right All now. All right, I, I'm going to tell you about my week. Uh, my husband, my husband is Clint Holmes, by the way, and we uh, we went to he's catch. Here. Yeah, he's here in the audience. He's here in the audience, but there's no camera shot for him this time. Sorry. But anyway, Sorry, he Clint. is going to uh, be at the Smith Center this coming weekend mm -hmm. in the in Cabaret Jazz. So so please come and support. It's it's such a beautiful uh, establishment. It is a, a cultural arts uh, 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 theater. What Clint? Help me. What do you always say? It's the. It's a club. It's, no, it's, well, <laughs> it's not a club. But anyway, it's very New York, very Carnegie Hall. But this is the Jazz Club, and he's going to be there this weekend. So I'll be there supporting him, probably wearing this blue dress. <laughs> very What's nice. What is the theme of Clint's show this week? What is the theme of Clint's show this week? I feel like Karnak. Yeah. I do. <laughs> it is Paul Simon, the music of Paul Simon and Cole Porter. So you don't want to miss this. He just did the show in New York, and it was phenomenal. He crushed it in he New York. Crushed he crushed it. He killed them. Anyway, he and I, Clint and I, went to see a few shows this week. We saw Hitsville is a Motown review. Have you seen that, Scott? No, where is that? It is at the Planet Hollywood okay. in the V Theater. It yep. was just absolutely terrific, starring Jin Jin Reeves. And also, we went to see Martin Short. Oh. Oh, my goodness. He's unbelievable. I went home, and I. most people are trying to get out of the closet. I went into my closet <laughs> so I could try my wigs on again. Because <laughs> he, he, he did a lot of different characters, as I understand. Oh, he did so right? many different characters. Uh, one of his characters is Jiminy Glick. Oh, sure. Which is kind of, yeah, yeah kind of yeah. like a takeoff of Merv Griffin. Right. But on steroids. Right. And uh, anyway, in the middle of the show, all of a sudden, another gentleman comes out on stage. 
and we were shocked because he was doing a bit with Martin Short. It was John Katsalamidis from the Las Vegas Sun. Ah. He was, he was um, uh, the, I guess Martin was the bagpipe. So he lifted him and, he, and Martin would put his thumb into John's mouth and John would <laughs> It was brilliant. It was Oh, I were they wearing? Oh, I, I don't remember. I, they were wearing kilts. That's right. All I know it was like the, it, they killed the crowd. It was like actor studio just profound. It was just unbelievable. We're so proud of Johnny Katz. But today I'm really excited because I've been watching this gentleman for many many years. Uh, so many times on Johnny Carson show and on television shows. He is the greatest impressionist in the world. And he is performing at the, well, it's called LVH now, Las Vegas Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> and Clint and I went to the show last night. It was phenomenal. So you got to stick around because we have the great Rich Little coming up on Talk Tales right after this. <laughs> You know, one of the things I like best about the Vegas Video Network are the people. There are no divas here. Everyone is exactly the same off camera as they are on. Hey, Oz, what's uh, Cocktail of the Week this week? You know what? I'll let you know what it is when it's time for you to know what it is. Why don't you get off the stage and get back in your production hall? Oh, my God. You know what? And tell cheap-ass Whitney to get us some decent brand liquor. This hobo off-wrap crap ain't cutting it. God, idiots. Totally. Welcome back to Talk Tales. My name is Kelly Clinton, and I am sitting here with our guest. I can't believe he's here right now. This is the great Rich Little. Hello, Rich Little. Impressionist in the world. No, no, I think the greatest impressionist of all time was Vincent van Gogh. Great impressionist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, in a different way. Now, you didn't start out as an impressionist. Did you start out as an actor? An actor, yes. Many, many years ago? Many years ago, living in Canada with my beaver and my Mountie hat. Uh, and, uh, hmm. okay, all right, but, uh, go on. Ottawa, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, got my start at the Ottawa Little Theater, uh, an amateur theater that was run like a pro professional theater, uh -huh. and did, oh my gosh, 30, 40 plays as a teenager growing up, got my training there, took acting classes, and it's interesting because here we are, 50-some years later, ah. I'm going back there in the late summer and going back to that theater and putting on Jimmy Stewart and giving the proceeds, proceeds to the uh, theater. Oh, that's and fabulous. That's so fabulous. I'll be back on the stage I started out on. Oh, my goodness. Now, so you started out as a, as, to be a leading man, to be an actor? Well, yeah, I did all kinds of plays like Bus Stop mm. and uh, uh, Desperate Hours and... Uh, uh, you know, uh, Samino Flowers, a lot, a lot of plays, a lot of plays, a lot of serious plays. I bet you people, a lot of people don't know that. They don't know that side of you. Now, you had a partner, right? You yeah, I did. I did. I had... Uh, Another impressionist? I had uh, my closest friend. Uh, we were a joint comedy team, mm -hmm. uh, and we both did impressions, and we won a talent scout show in Toronto, 
and uh, our careers took off in Canada, and then he went into politics, and I continued on alone, and finally wound up uh, uh, doing a show in, in Toronto, and Mel, Mel Torme was the uh, guest star, uh -huh. and Mel, just being the great movie buff that he was, just loved my impressions, and he went to Judy Garland and got me on the Judy Garland show. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So what was it like working with Judy Garland? And that was very that. interesting because Judy, uh, of course, I was in my early 20s. I didn't know what was going on. I mean, the show was over. We finished taping at 4.30 in the morning. And What time um, did you start? <laughs> we started uh, at uh, 5, 6 o'clock. Uh-huh. <laughs> But you see, I didn't know what was going on. She wouldn't come out of the dressing room. Uh, uh, you know, she had, uh, uh, you know, drinking and mental problems. Mm -hmm. And then, th to top it off, we had Peter Lawford on the show. <laughs> and he was a basket case, too. You mean as far as drinking or? Drinking and just, I, I can remember that uh, Peter Lawford had to do a, a, a musical number. Uh, it's nice to have a man around the house or something like that. And they actually did 40 takes wow. before they got one they liked. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and then Judy would still be dragged out of the dressing room. But I, even though I, I sort of put her down, I don't mean to, she was very nice to me. Yeah. Extremely nice to me. An amazing and talent. And what really made me on that show was the fact that she never came to dress rehearsal. So she never saw what I was doing until we did it on the air. And so when I'm doing all my impressions of all these people, I guess, who had never been impersonated before, uh -huh. she was reacting like that, you wouldn't believe it. You, if you look at that, that kinescope today, I've got a copy of it, you can't take your eyes off her because of her reaction to what I'm doing. Isn't that great? A lot of, uh, it seemed like a lot of people like Jackie Gleason, Frank Sinatra, all those people really preferred to not see it all before the show. I heard Jackie Gleason would not come to the rehearsal as well. And there's something to be said about that. And Dean never came. Right. So yeah. it would be spontaneous. Yeah. Um, I've been dying to ask you, who was the first impression that you ever did? Was it someone we all know, or is it someone no, from Canada? No, the first impression I did was my homeroom teacher, Clarence <laughs> Bell. <laughs> and... Uh, did he appreciate that? He had a bulbous nose, and he looked like W.C. Fields. <laughs> and he had a lisp. And um, he said one day, I didn't even know I could do impressions, but one day he said to me, Richard, what's the answer to 4B in your textbook? And I stood up and said, the answer, Mr. Bell, is 72 pounds. He said, that's correct. My gosh, not only are you a brilliant student, but you have a very fine speaking voice. <laughs> True story. I, I suppose that uh, there have been a few people who, who might have been offended by an impression that you've done of, of them. And, and in, you probably meant it as flattery, but they were probably offended. So when we come back from the break, try to think of one of those great stories uh, of, of a case where, where they loved the impression or, or hated it. Okay. So we're on Talk Tales. My name is Kelly Clinton. I'm joined by Rich Little. We'll be right back after this. Yay!
Traditional media believes that after about three minutes, you'll tune out. Most Vegas media companies think if it doesn't jiggle, you won't tune in. At the Vegas Video Network, we think both are wrong. The Vegas Video Network is the first and only live online broadcast network that specializes in insider news and expert views about Vegas. We combine great storytelling with the ability to watch when and where you want on your computer, mobile device, or television. Discover the real Las Vegas. Visit VegasVideoNetwork.com. Welcome back to Talk Tales. Hey, listen, if you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email, talktales at vegasvideonetwork.com, or you can uh, send us a web-based or leave us a web-based voicemail. Just go to our website, follow the directions, and you might get on the air. And also, right now, sitting here with Rich Little, you could give us a live chat question and ask him something you've wanted to ask him as well. If you don't get to watch us while we're on the air live, you can always catch us on the VegasVideoNetwork.com or on iTunes, YouTube, Roku, or on KSHP every Saturday at 12 noon, 1400 AM. We're back with Rich Little. So you know, did you one, think time, about it? one time on a, a radio show, uh, a question from somebody was, Mr. Little, can you imitate yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, I'm working on it. You <laughs> did radio that. for a while, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, I started out as a, as a disc jockey back in the, back in the 60s. Wow. Did, did you yeah. do your impressions on the I air? I did my impressions on the air. I did, um, uh, like... Uh, I would do the news as David Brinkley, <laughs> and then I'd do the rock and roll show as Elvis Presley, and uh, I would do the, the women's fashion show as Dr. Ruth. Really? <laughs> and uh, one, one day it backfired on me because I, I did all these different segments as different people, and when I was leaving the, uh, the, the studio, uh, the program manager said, we got a crowd of people out here waiting for these people. <laughs> They're waiting for Elvis. They're waiting for John Wayne. They're waiting for Dr. Ruth. And the, the program manager had to go out and say, no, 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 they're not here. That was all Rich Little. And so the real people are not here, and they all booed. Ah, success and then doom. Yeah. Now, so back to the question before yeah. the break. So did it ever backfire, uh, a, a, you know, an impersonation you did of someone that you admired and they didn't like it? Well, you know, Paul Lynn on Hollywood Squares mm -hmm. was a strange, a strange man, but we all know he was, saw funny he was. Uh, but um, uh, I don't think he liked my impression uh, when I did him because Every time I would do Paul on Hollywood Squares, they would cut to a close-up of him after I did it <laughs> for a reaction, right? And he'd always go, who's he doing? <laughs> who's that? Who talks like that? I'll get a day job. <laughs> and, and so, um, you know, I guess he was putting me on, but it was... It always happened, you know, he made a face all the time, mm -hmm. but uh, even though he had his problems, poor Paul, you know, he had a drinking problem, unfortunately, which finally killed him, but uh, whether he was drunk or sober, he was still funny. Yeah, he was extremely And it was funny. so funny because we would shoot three shows at NBC of Hollywood Squares, and then we'd go to lunch, or go to dinner, and then after dinner, they'd shoot two more shows. 
Really? Well, after dinner, Paul was out of it. <laughs> he was gone, and they literally had to help him up to a square. Oh, my goodness. And he still was funny. You know, Peter See? Marshall would still say things, and we'd go, oh, my gosh, he doesn't even know where he is. And say, uh, you know, Peter Marshall would ask him, you know, the questions that he did, you know. Uh, Paul, when a man gives a great performance, it's customary to say, bravo, bravo. What do you say when a woman gives a great performance? Mind if I, mind if I smoke? <laughs> <laughs> and then Peter Marshall said, oh, do you, do you smoke after sex, Paul? I don't know. I never looked. <laughs> <laughs> One of your most famous impressions, well, you have over 200 of them, but Johnny Carson. Uh, and jo Johnny jo Carson? <laughs> right. Uh, the secret of doing Johnny Carson is always, always look around. Did you notice? It was always, it was like somebody was coming after him. He had that, he had that you know, he actually, a lot of Jack Benny's mannerisms ah. Johnny Carson had. You know, that, that look and that, that blank stare. And, and uh, there are a lot of similarities. Now we saw. We, I was going to ask you about that. Are there, are, is there a certain tone uh, to to a few different characters, like mm -hmm. like you just said, Jack Benny, Johnny Carson, um, where you kind of say it's got a little bit of that in it. If I just put this, how do you go about when you first start learning the impression? Well, you have to watch them a lot and yeah. get to know uh, not only their voice but their mannerisms, uh -huh. and uh, get inside their head and. Uh, you know, I, I like to think that I do somebody from the inside out rather than from the outside mm -hmm. in. Um, really, uh, I really sort of, as I'm doing the person, I'm really mentally thinking I am them. Right. That's why sometimes uh, when I finish doing Johnny Carson and I go to my dressing room, I find myself uh, writing out an alimony check for some <laughs> You know? Uh, well, no idea where that comes from. And when Johnny heard that, that's why he booked me a lot. You know, or Save Dean, him some money. I, I do Dean Martin so well, they carry me up to my dressing room when the show's <laughs> over. You know? More stories when we come back on Talk Tales with the great Rich Little. We'll hear about a show at the LVH right after this. This is David Ivey from Pub Crawl. It's funny because this is David from you should, you should, No, you should just leave it on. Hi, I'm David Ivey from Pub Crawl, and you're watching the Vegas Video Network. And scene. Welcome back to Talk Tales. We are sitting here with Rich Little. So many stories, and only you can tell them. So we were talking about Johnny Carson, and a friend of mine, Jerry Jones, said, for a comic or, or an impressionist or a performer, their first time on the Johnny Carson show is such a big deal. It is. Do you remember what it felt like standing uh, in the wings? Uh, that, that, was, uh, that was nervous time, I'll tell you, <laughs> uh, to the nth degree. But uh, even, even worse was hosting it for the first time. Yeah, you oh did that several times. Gosh, the oh pressure. Goodness. When you think of all the people watching at home and uh -huh. you're going out alone, you know, I had the same fear when I did the Dean Martin roast. It, oh, it may, so may be even worse because not only was the Dean Martin show or the roast popular uh, with so many people watching across the country, but you're up there in front of 
you're looking to your right, you see Jack Benny, you see Orson <laughs> Welles, you see Lucille Ball, you see John Wayne. Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra, George Burns, Jack Benny. I mean, that alone was terrifying. Yeah, and you impersonated every single one of those people, I think. Well, that's, that's what helped me, was <laughs> that I was able to imitate the people on the panel, you know. Uh -huh. But I did watch a few people on the Dean Martin roast die. Oh, I would imagine they, so. that Sometimes if you look at some of those old shows, you will, you will see a long shot of people that never appeared on the show. They were just, they were... They didn't make it to the edit. They didn't make it. You know what, Rich, you know, we have a live chat question. What do we have, Scott? Who is asking a question? Uh, J.A. Hanley says, okay. uh, Mr. Richard, or Mr. Little, I'm sorry, <laughs> I saw your show last night, you were amazing. Uh, are you gonna be doing the same show in New York? Well, that, that's the plan, is to take it to Broadway, but as your husband knows, it's okay. not easy. And uh, it can be the greatest thing in the world for you to do and the worst thing in the world to do, you know. But I think you'll uh, be Don't put up your own money, successful. right, Clint? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but the name of the show is Jimmy Stewart and, and, Friends. and Friends, starring Rich Little. So yeah. you do several of your characters. Well, I do 28. Strung through a story mm -hmm. narrated by Jimmy. By Jimmy. It's, it's absolutely terrific. We yeah. enjoyed it so much. When did you start working on this show? I started working on the show about three years ago, but I did uh, one time discuss it with Jimmy. You did? Because we did a lot of um, benefits together, Jimmy and I. And then I got to know him on the Julie Andrews show is when I, I met him. And, uh, and on that Georgie Jessel roast where they showed me singing as Jimmy. That was mm -hmm. the first time I met him. And then uh, we did the roasts, of course, together. But I, I saw him mostly at charity events. And um, he would sit in the corner by himself, and his wife worked the room. She was very social. Uh -huh. And I would just go over to Jimmy and, and just talk to him for an hour. Because he was very quiet, and uh, you had to kind of bring him out. Uh -huh. But um, one day, uh, I said to him, you know, Jim, I've been thinking about maybe doing a one-man show on your mm -hmm. life. I'd like to do a one-man show on your life. Uh -huh. And he said, uh, well, Reg, why, 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 why would you want to do that? <laughs> I said, because I think it'd be interesting. Oh, Reg, it'd, it'd, it'd be boring. <laughs> I mean, who, who would want to see that? I said, Jim, look at the career you've had, the people you've known, and your war experiences. It would be fabulous. Oh, I, I, I don't think you should do that. He said, uh, for, for one thing, Rich, uh, uh, the, the, way I'm, uh, the way I talk, gee, the, the, sh the show w would be over f five hours long. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just perfect. And I said, week. I'll speed it up. Well, <laughs> it, and it was great how you strung the stories through. And uh, I noticed when... Do you, do you notice people in the audience actually trying to do what you're doing while you're doing it? I found myself during your Catherine Hepburn shaking my head. Really? And then I looked out at my peripheral vision and I saw Clint. <laughs> we weren't saying anything, but I we were. He did. <laughs> no, he was shaking because he got the bill. <laughs> oh my goodness, the but show isn't is that, going that's by. That's interesting too fast. you should say that. Yeah, yeah, sometimes you see people's mouths moving. Yes. They're doing the impression. Oh, absolutely. I see that a lot with Carson. Yes. Yeah, sometimes I'll be, I'll be right in the middle of doing Johnny. I'll look down, the guy will be going. 
<laughs> I did. I noticed that a lot during the show. Yeah. Now, I can't believe how fast the show went by. Can, can we talk a little longer on the show? Sure. Can we do after the show? Scott? Yes. Can we please have more time, please? Of course we can. Okay, this is great. So I've got so many more questions and uh, and perhaps a couple of more impersonations we could hear. We want to say thank you to our guest, Mr. Rich Little. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for all the laughs and the entertainment. This is Talk Tales. Uh, Join us next the next show, but stick around for after the show. Kenny Davidson. with Mr. Rich Little. So your favorite impression of all time, I know it's hard to ask for one, but what is your number one favorite person? Well, well, I'd I'd have to say uh, without question uh, that my favorite is uh, Richard Nixon. <laughs> no, no, actually, my favorite is Ronald Reagan. It really is? Why? It really Why? Is. Well, you know, the thing about Reagan was that I got to spend a lot of time with him. And uh, I didn't know that I was a Democrat or a Republican. I mean, I was a Canadian, and uh, I, I, I adored Jimmy Stewart. He was a Republican, and most of the people I impersonated at that, at that time were Republican. Uh-huh. Not true today, is it? But um, uh, I was invited to the White House and um, ended up doing my Reagan in front of him, and he just absolutely fell down when I did him. <laughs> he was the best audience. I mean, once Nancy explained the jokes to him, he really, <laughs> he really was terrific. But, and he had such a wonderful sense of humor. Oh, yeah. oh my Lord. He'd always come up to me, as soon as he'd see me, and say, Rich, I'm glad you're here. Any, any new jokes? So I would, before I went to the White House, and I must have gone when he was president about, oh, 10 or 12 times, mm-hmm. he would always ask me any new jokes. So I would get a joke from somewhere and tell him. Uh-huh. And he'd say to me, that's hysterical. <laughs> Can I, can I use that? <laughs> and uh, I said, yeah, yeah, of course. He said, my gosh, that's funny. I can't wait to tell Gorbachev that joke. <laughs> we have another live chat question. Who do we have, Scott? Have you met anybody that you did an impression of that intimidated you? Ah, that's, that's an impressionist? No, just no. when you met him, you're like, yeesh. You know, like I oh, would think oh. being a president might be intimidating. Oh, you mean a, a, a celebrity? Yeah, yeah, the person that you're I- impersonating, were you intimidated by any of them? Oh, you well, met them? many, when you many, met them. many, many. Gosh, for the first time, when I met Jack Benny and George Burns, who I grew up with, when I met, uh, oh my gosh, uh, uh, Orson Welles, uh, 
John Wayne. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. John Wayne. Uh, I met him uh, when I was doing a uh, television series for Screen Gems called Love on a Rooftop back in the 60s. And um, I found out that the Duke was next door playing a rabbit on Laugh-In. They the had him in a rabbit's costume. Oh, my goodness. Imagine what they were doing with that. <laughs> and, uh, well, this is John Wayne. Hop, hop, hop. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, so anyway, being such a fan and having imitated John Wayne on many shows, I didn't know whether he'd know me or not. I went over to the studio to hope to get to meet him, right? So I snuck in the back. And they were shooting this scene with him hopping around and uh, in this costume. <laughs> and then he finally took it off, and he was perspiring and everything. And then I thought, well, I'm just getting in the way. I think I'll leave. And I started to leave out the entrance I came in from the back. And I heard a voice say, Little, don't you leave this theater until you do uh, your impression of me. I want to hear it, because I'm losing it. <laughs> so I came back in, and he said, all right, show me how, I, how you do me. And I, they, they pushed everybody back in the studio, and I had to do John Wayne's walk oh, yeah, you need in room. front of him, and I was so embarrassed. I mean, you know, and I did the walk, you know, the <laughs> swagger and the whole thing, and he looked at me closely, and then he said, so that's how I do it. <laughs> My God, he said, I've been walking like Loretta Young for over 50 years. <laughs> True story. Oh my. True story. Uh, what is the, oh, you have a question? From a handsome young man in the audience, Clint Holmes. Oh, you have a mic. Speaking to Scott's chest. Rich. Uh, <laughs> it's in, where his in microphone case, is. You, you, you know, you have been the standard for so long uh, of what you do. But are, of the other impressionists that you've known through the years and even now, is there, did you ever watch somebody and go, oh my God, I shouldn't do that impression anymore because they do it so, so great. Was there oh, ever yeah. a moment like that? Really? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Many, many, many times. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes people do it so well. Well, when I was first starting out, Frank Gorshin, who was a little ahead of me, uh, when I heard him do Kurt Douglas and Burt Lancaster, I thought, I better take that out of the act. <laughs> you know, um, uh, m many people do voice. You know, it's interesting, Clint, because a lot of people, uh, singers, dancers, whatever, do a few impressions. And uh, sometimes... Even though they do a couple, they're pretty darn good, you know. And uh, if I hear somebody do somebody really bang on, and, and I know it's better than I do it, I, I just uh, kind of back off and I don't do them as much, you know. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. It really, is there anyone uh, that's working here in Las Vegas or, or on television that you admire right now, today? Well, I, I admire Gordy Brown quite a bit yeah. because Gordy is the new wave of impersonator. He, he's fast. Yes. He's quick. Uh, and uh, he throws everything out there. He doesn't have structure. Right. Um, I, I have routines and tell jokes, uh, you know, and Gordy's just all over the place. But he's funny. Yeah. And, and a, a lot of his popularity is his enthusiasm is mm -hmm. incredible. 
but he does some wonderful impressions. And sometimes when you see somebody do an impression really great, you, you imitate them doing the person. <laughs> you know, yes. when Will Jordan way back started doing Ed's, or Ed Sullivan, uh, I started imitating Will Jordan, you know. Imitating Or, or Vaughn Meter, who was right. the first one to really do uh, Ed. I did Vaughn Meter's Ed, Ed Sullivan. And when, and when Gordy Brown started to do uh, Preston Bush, my full, my full Americans, Americans, <laughs> and that that sound that that that, that Gordy gets when when he does them, um, I was impressed. So I I I picked up you know those mannerisms. Yeah, he's one of our him. favorites. He's a good friend of ours. Um, you also worked with a friend of ours many years ago, Fred Travelina. Oh, I love who's Fred. A big fan and friend. I of yours, love right? Fred Travelina. He was one of the sweetest, nicest, and funniest men I knew, mm -hmm. and. Um, a great impersonator and such a tragedy when he yeah. passed away. I, yeah. I still can't get over it. But he, um, he had, uh, he had quite a career. I, yeah. I, I saw a special on him and didn't know that he did mm -hmm. as much as he did. Yes, he did a and, lot and of a shows. And a great singer. And you know, they they credit me with discovering him. Is that so? I, I don't know whether it's true or not, but I do remember that I saw him in the Catskills mm -hmm. way back in the in the in the '60s and recommended him to Merv Griffin, and Merv put him on the show. Now, you did a show with several impersonators, I mean, impressionists. Yeah, uh, copycats. Was copycats. Yeah. So Frank Gorshin and... And uh, George Kirby. George Kirby. And Marilyn Michaels. And uh, Will Jordan was on, and Charlie Callis was on. And we had guest, guests on every week. Like we had Raymond Burr on, uh -huh. and then we had Robert Young on, and... Uh, Shecky Green, Debbie Reynolds. It was, was a it terrific. sketch comedy? So it was all sketch, all, impressions. all costumed, all out, all right? All impressions. Kind of like Saturday Night Live, but more like a and, variety. And, and, and the writers of the show, Frank Peppiot and John Aylesworth were their names. They wrote for a lot of big shows back in the uh, 60s and 70s. Uh, they were uh, writing uh, the uh, copycat show, and it was so funny. Um, I don't know whether I should be telling this because I... Sounds like I'm tooting my own horn here, but uh, they had the names of everybody on the show on a blackboard, and then all the list of voices, so that uh. when they were writing sketches, they could pick out the ones they wanted to use. And they had Rich Little, and they had 180 <laughs> names, and then they had Charlie Callis, and they had Georgie Jessel, and one other. Oh. <laughs> I mean, uh, and then when you had people like Fred, Fred Travelina, Fred or, came on, right? He was on. Um, do, do you fight over who does Frank tonight in the show? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, there was a little bit of rivalry there because yeah. uh, you, you, you'd see somebody's, uh, Gary Smith, uh, the, the director, would say, oh, you're going to do James Mason. And I'd say to myself, wait a minute, I can do James Mason better than him. You know, why is he getting to do James Mason? Well, I'll do James Mason and you can do John Wayne. Okay, so we trade off, you know. Right. And... Uh, I, I, I can remember one time we did a, a, a sketch on um, Dean Martin, and there were four of us all doing Dean, and with the tux and the red hanky, uh -huh. and we all slid across the piano at the same time, oh. bump, bumping into each other and Brilliant. knocking each other off. <laughs> so we all got dressed up to do the Dean Martin sketch. Frank Gorshin came on in a gray suit. 
a light gray suit. Hmm. So Gary Smith, the director, <laughs> said, Frank, we're doing, we're doing a takeoff on Dean. Why are you wearing a gray, light gray suit? Uh, Dean never wore a light gray suit. That's going to be distracting. Nobody's going to look at anybody else. <laughs> that was his motive. Exactly. And, and so Frank said, well, the reason I'm wearing a light gray suit is I was at a party in 1986, and Dean was wearing a light gray suit. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Then, I've never, ever seen Dean in a light gray suit. Yeah. Have you ever seen De Dean in uh, anything but a... Tuxedo or a no, dark suit? Nothing stands Never. out but the tuxedo. Never. It's brilliant. It was brilliant. Well, sure. He, you know, he wanted to stand out. You know. <laughs> and he did. And he, but they let him do it. But they, it was so funny. We're all sliding across the table, bumping into each other and falling off. Um, vocally. Yeah. How, how taxing is, uh, is uh, having your voice... Uh, manipulating your voice to, to do these different characters. Is it a lot different than a singer? Because I know uh, over the years, sometimes a singer, you know, perhaps her name is Kelly, has to lower her songs over the years. In yeah. an impression, are there some that you've had to put aside because they're in a range? I mean, what we saw yesterday was no problem. You can do anything and your voice is as great as ever. Uh... Yeah, I've never thought Is about that, but you're your right. Voice? As you get older, like Bing Crosby mm -hmm. kept dropping yeah. the key. Yeah. And uh, so did Sinatra, too, as uh -huh. I got older. Yeah. Couldn't reach those high notes. Um, I haven't had that problem That's yet. great. I would say <clears throat> the lowest voice that I do probably is Orson, Orson Welles. Uh -huh. Because you, t you have to do that impression from, from way down uh -huh. deep. I will drink no wine before it's time. <laughs> you know, and the highest voice is uh, probably Jimmy Rogers. Uh oh, falling in love again. Uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> and he's great, by the way. Have you seen him lately? No, I have not. My gosh, he has not lost. I mean, he lost his voice because he had that terrible accident. Uh oh. So what he does now is he plays. A recording of his song and then sings along with it. Uh, oh, and well, it, that's, it works. Well, yeah, that, it is that's uncanny. going around these days. And, and yeah. <laughs> he's working a lot with, with my, my closest friend, Steve Rossi, and they, they work together. And uh, Jimmy Rogers is just phenomenal the way he does that. He sings with yeah. the recording. Well, let me ask you about Steve Rossi before we go. He is producing. Your show. Well, Steve, uh, he's not really producing because, you know, the producer is the guy that puts up the money. Right. And so we know Steve not, isn't going to do that. Not uh, so he's, uh, <laughs> he is uh, definitely one of the writers. Yes. Definitely. Absolutely. And a lot of the staging and a lot of the lighting and has a lot of comments that I've used and just a lot of good sense about what works and what doesn't because of his many many years in show business he's a lot older than i am of course. yeah, yeah. he's he's in his late <laughs> 90s now but he's uh <laughs> he's well you were very good friends until we no, had you on he's, cocktails. he's uh he's 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 great steve and the thing about steve is that he's been around a long time and he's got many stories and worked with many of the mm -hmm. greats so he'd be a good guest on your show oh absolutely if we you paid him yeah, well, see, I want to be a producer like, like Steve is and not put up the money. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, so so you're at LVH for now. You just got extended. Your show got extended for another month, another and month? Uh, we're working on some uh, uh, new effects for the show. Okay. Going to get screens and put the real people on the screens as I introduce them, mm -hmm. so wow. people will know exactly who I'm going to do. Go to do Lionel Barrymore. Right. We see a picture of Lionel right. Barrymore. You know. Talk about Jimmy's hometown. We see Jimmy's hometown. I think that's going to add to the show. Oh, absolutely. We, we loved it. And before we go, I do have to say, it was very interesting when you first came out. I said to myself, ah, he didn't physically, uh, well, the mannerisms, yes, but you didn't put on a wig to be Jimmy no. Stewart. And you didn't try to make yourself look like him. And, of course, the illusion was created. How did you, did you struggle with that choice? or was it Yeah, just it's funny you should ask that question because the first time I did the show, in New Mexico, in some club way up in the mountains somewhere. And uh, I, I was made up as Jimmy Stewart. Uh -huh. I had a wig. Uh, they put the lines. They put a little putty on my nose. Um, uh, tried to make me look as much like Jimmy Stewart as I could, which wasn't easy. And I came out as Jimmy Stewart. Right. Well, how do you do all the other voices when you look like Jimmy Stewart? Exactly. Well, I had them all pre-recorded on audio. Oh, ah. And that was boring, because yeah. as you're hearing the voices, right. I'm just sitting there yeah. waiting. No, no, no. And Steve, one of his brilliant suggestions, said, Rich, you've got to do the voices live. Absolutely. I said, well, how can I do Jimmy Stewart looking like Jimmy and do the other voices live? And Steve said to me, you don't, you're not made up as Jimmy. No, you just come out as Rich Little, and do the manner. That's the magic. Is is Clint and I were elbowing. We were doing Catherine Hepburn. We were elbowing each other because you just transform into all of these different characters because you are the master. And well, we're so lucky to have you on the show today. Thank you it's so much pleasure, for being here. Oh, by the way, you know maybe sometime I can show you a few of my three, you know, my impersonations. Okay. Maybe next time on Talk Tales with Rich Little and Kelly Clinton. We'll see you next time. Woo! Air back. Sorry. Air back I'm way too old for. <laughs> <laughs>